You're listening to the Zen Cup Podcast. Guys, welcome back. Mac Rollins, Zen Cop here, and you are listening to the Zen Cop Podcast. This will be episode one of season two. Uh, I'm glad that season one is is over and done with. The, the creation of anything usually starts with something that is not entirely perfect, and it's it's usually far from it. I look back to some of the earlier episodes, and and the quality and the content is, is almost laughable compared to what is being produced now. Um, but just like anything, you have to start somewhere. So if you've been listening since the beginning, thank you so much. One thing that I have been doing is, is listening to those of you who have reached out and provided feedback or content. And episode 20 by far received the most feedback I've ever had. Uh, I think keeping things off script and, and more organic is going to be a, a better way of doing the show. I also received a lot of questions about that episode and the content specifically um, about what I went through and how it affected me. So that was that was really cool. And I tried to answer as many questions as I could, um, just sort of kind of keeping that as um, a good way to end season one. And and moving forward, I have a lot of, of really cool plans for season two to include a variety of guests on the show. I, I did take note that the majority of the audience definitely enjoyed uh, guests. So I'm going to make it a point to have guests as often as possible and to try to have a, a pretty wide variety. So again, thank you for listening and uh, all of your support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify, please drop a rating below. All that stuff definitely helps grow my platform and reach a, a larger audience. Now, I wanted to start off episode one of the new season with a topic that I feel needs to be addressed and talked about um, fairly consistently because it's an issue that has stayed fairly consistent over the past few years. And if you're an administrator or a supervisor or someone who has uh, any type of pull within your agency, I strongly encourage you to hear these words, not just from me, but consider this one of the more palpable topics that we have right now in law enforcement. And again, I always try to create content that is not limited to law enforcement. So I really feel like this topic could be covered for any type of, of public service right now that is having a hard time retaining employees. And the days of of the employer being in power is, is slowly becoming a thing of the past. And unfortunately, that mindset will will still linger for a while as we watch some of the, you know, the better people we have walk out the door and never look back. And I'm, I'm talking about the cop who just finished their last day on the job and not for retirement, but for, for leaving this career field entirely. And this is an issue that we've talked about before, but going into the new year and looking at the future of policing, I really am genuinely concerned for what the future will look like. And the unfortunate thing is that 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 cop was not one of the the guys who couldn't hack it. He wasn't, you know, just that. Uh, someone who was short stroking everything he, you know, it was a, it was a cop with many years on who finally realized that enough was enough. And who also finally realized that, you know, their agency was the issue. And the sad part is even on their departure, nobody listened, nobody cared. And despite that cop making up his mind a long time ago, mentally and internally, it would have been nice to, to hear some of that concern or even, you know, cause for conversation as their departure became a known reality within 
that agency. So some may ask if I'm speaking directly about a certain individual or employee, and my answer is no. While I do know a lot of them personally who have walked away, I'm speaking about uh, many individuals and employees um, who I've had the pleasure of, of meeting in person over the years and also just across the nation from different agencies. The issue of cops leaving abruptly, though, isn't, isn't some anomaly that is occurring out of nowhere and for no reason. It's been an ongoing issue building up for, for several years, specifically since 2020, and cops are finally making the choice to address the issues that we are facing, and, and they're doing so by looking elsewhere, whether it's changing agencies or leaving this career field entirely. And if these issues are not addressed, or more importantly, those issues are are not heard by those who need to hear them, then the employee is essentially forced to remain in a toxic environment or break the cycle. And I've talked about cycle breakers before. Um, they're kind of a rarity in law enforcement, but they're becoming a lot more consistent. And they become, uh, they've been becoming increasingly more active over the last few years. And I, I consider myself to be a cycle breaker as well, but a cycle breaker who is trying to break the cycle within rather than leaving the environment um, cho and choosing to stay. And that's that's for one of two reasons. One, I'm I'm lucky to have the agency I do, even though it's not perfect, but two, I'm also not been done being a cop yet. So hence all the things that I'm doing and saying here now, uh, there are also you know cycle breakers who fully acknowledge that they can no longer remain in a toxic environment and they ultimately choose to leave. Now. The strange part is the the control that the agency thinks they have, which for most agencies these days, you don't have control anymore. The, the, the famous words of, you know, we're better off without you couldn't be more wrong. We don't have that power as a career field anymore. We need them more than they need us. And that is slowly becoming more apparent as law enforcement agencies nationwide are seeing an overall decrease in employee performance and an increase in a variety of topics ranging from you know use of force to to overall you know police activity one of the things that i don't think we really take into consideration or even take seriously for that matter are the repercussions of hiring people that are sort of subpar the requirements that we would have preferred they have entering this career field and what i mean by that is that <clears throat> we are having a very hard time getting the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop has has moved on. They're going to do something else, or they're simply just no longer interested in becoming a cop. Now, everyone across the nation is fighting for bodies, and the applicants that are being hired and the applicants that are being uh, sworn in as cops, those are the ones who traditionally would have been passed over because there was someone better. So we are simply lowering our standards, and it's definitely going to change a lot of things for our future. Now, when you lower standards and you start bringing on people who really shouldn't be cops to begin with, you open the door for a wide variety of issues, but more importantly, a wide variety of issues that will affect the public. You, you bring on inadequate uh, cops, you're going to bring on basically dangerous behavior that could affect everyone. It could affect the, the criminals, it could affect the general public, it can affect society overall. And then you will have that built into a system that already has a variety of flaws and a huge margin of risk already on the table. And we're just introducing more risk as time goes on. And the administration is going to assume that, you know, if and when that good employee leaves, that they will be honest about why they were leaving. And nothing could be further from the truth. We have to consider what the employee was thinking and the leap of faith that they're taking by leaving, especially if you're a you know, 10, 15, 20 year cop on the job and the unknown abyss that comes with stepping out that door 
for the very last time. I would imagine that they're probably pretty scared. And after personally talking to the people who have done it, that was without question, the scariest part of leaving was actually choosing to sign the paperwork and go. And yeah, a lot of them did their homework and they had a lot of information that they absorbed and it took them a long time to, to really build up the confidence to do so. But their concerns for the immediate future were absolutely valid. You know, what if the, what if the new gig didn't work out? You know, what if the grass was greener and, and now I'm, you know, deep in the weeds thinking, you know, did I make a mistake? At the end of the day though, this is, this is not a social dynamic or relationship, even though it feels like it. And it actually is to some degree it's at the bottom of, or at the end of the day, it's a means for us to, to make money and eventually retire. And my point with that is that all cops will have some type of contingency plan in their pocket for every situation. So why on earth would they ever badmouth the agency or even be candid and honest when they leave, knowing that that same administration may watch them come crawling back someday? And believe me, I've seen it happen more than a few times with my own eyes. I've seen people leave, venture elsewhere, and pretty much realize it wasn't as great as they thought it would be. Ultimately, they choose to come back and sort of kiss that ring, begging for their job back. And in a strange way, it was almost as if the administration liked that power and they enjoyed seeing them come back. Now, knowing what we know now, that feeling of entitlement is, is out the window. Most employees who are leaving are doing so and realizing it was the best choice they ever made, especially as we get farther and farther away from the year 2020. And we are seeing far less return, if any. And a lot of cops were finally able to pull back the curtain and see the wizard and to their disappointment, it was not what they were hoping for. They saw the harsh and the ugly truth and they saw that they were not valued at all. They saw politics that overclouded a variety of issues and ultimately many cops were left with a very bitter taste in their mouths and a full understanding that they were never truly valued, but just simply appreciated based on a need. And even if we had some major regime changes and, and management overhaul, um, you know, the boots on the ground are still going to remember how they were treated for the better part of, of six months in 2020 and even further how they were treated in the years following. Um, we have a very interesting dynamic right now where we have the group before 2020 and the group after sort of an ADBC type thing, uh, or BCAD, I should say, but looking at that moment in time, and then considering the cops who applied after the fact and the cops who came into that environment without any knowledge of what it was like before, you have these very different dynamics. And it's almost the three groups, but the new group who is, you know, post-2020, the group that's pretty seasoned that were pre-2020, and the group that's one foot out the door for retirement. You have a very strange mix of very different mindsets trying to accomplish the same goal. But in some scenarios, the opinions on how that goal should be accomplished are going to vary and by very large margins. Now, we saw a lot of new Senate and Assembly bills that would be passed, and these bills didn't do anything to make anything better. They only appeased the, the masses who were screaming for social justice, and it pretty much made it harder for cops to avoid another horrible situation like what we saw in 2020. A lot of agencies would cut their most proactive crime fighting units. And quite literally in some cities, they would reduce their force by almost 40%. So we're trying to get that back now. And it's kind of funny because we're getting it back very easily, but now you're throwing these specialty groups back in, you're throwing these, you know, hiring incentives, all these things we're trying to get back. And it's going to be very hard to teach that new group. If you had your, you know, pick your poison for 
whatever specialty unit, um, you're going to have a very strange variety of the guys from before COVID and the guys from after. And the new generation has a very strange and sort of, um, I would say, unfamiliar outlook on what this job really is. Because after 2020, it was almost like law enforcement became reactive, much like a firefighter. There's something that happens, the call goes out and we go. Proactivity is a very foreign concept to these new cops. And it's funny because we're watching that behavior start to enter uh, even the academies, entering FTO programs. We're starting to see the word de-escalation become a overly broad brush that is now training cops to some degree and some agencies, not all, to essentially have no police presence and embolden the criminal element and just basically make us almost like an observe and report type deal, basically a security guard. So all that being said, how do we take this big mess and try to find someone who will want to do this job and, and for the right reasons? And my question that I pose to the leadership of law enforcement today is what have you done or what are you doing to ensure that your employees feel as if they are appreciated within your agency? And even further, what are you going to do to keep them there? Now, sometimes we confuse the word valued with appreciated, and I've talked about this before in a previous episode, but they're both complementary and they should be viewed as such. But being valued would imply that the employer considers you to be beneficial to the agency. While we can all agree that you know being valued is important, being appreciated recognizes the employee's full worth to the agency, right? As, as opposed to just the benefits that they will provide. So looking at those characteristics side by side, would you rather your employee recognize your benefits to the agency or your total worth to the agency? One certainly sounds more long-term, career-building, stable, and overall genuine compared to the other, if you asked me. Now, at the end of the day, despite anything that I say or do, we can all agree that if you have tried, tried and tried and nothing is changing, maybe it is time to go somewhere else. And there's an enormous difference between complaining about something and identifying problems and then providing solutions and in a time where morale is very, very low. The biggest mistake any administrator can make is listening to advice or coworker, or I'm sorry, listening to the advice from, from a coworker or a peer who is, who is currently on the same level, not necessarily in terms of rank, but just in an admin state and usually with the same benefits and same retirement, which is another issue that a lot of cops are facing these days. And that's a kind of a rabbit hole I don't want to go down, but we are entering this new variant of cop that specifically in California, we're not going to be eligible for retirement until 57 years old. Now, to most people, that doesn't sound that bad. But if you took the duties of a, a beat cop, just a cop who pushes a black and white and goes from call to call, and you put that age range, you know, age range all the way down from, from 21 to now 57 years old, there's not many people who should be doing, you know, pick a, a, a topic, but I mean, if, if, if my grandpa or, uh, you know, my, even my, my father-in-law, they went to go apply it in and out, there would be concerns for their age. Right. And so we're expecting these cops to be almost 60 years old and doing the same thing that the average 20 something year old would do. It's, it's just not possible, but we haven't gotten to that age bracket yet to where they're actually retiring. We don't see the, the medical retirements. We haven't seen all these things yet because they haven't happened. So we have so many variables on the table right now going towards what is a very, very, very scary generation of policing. And everything at the end of the day 
it, it's it's going to come crashing down and it's not going to work. Now, there will be, uh, you know, the likelihood of of people agreeing that, you know, it's not going to work, but where are the solutions and what will they be? There will be no concern for for the boots on the ground and the same boots that are going to have to provide the the public presence for your agency in every way, shape or form every day and every night. Now, there will be um, little to no cause for concern in the moment for anything at all, as it's very hard to see these issues from where we are now, right? Everyone kind of thinks in the immediate and not a lot of attention goes to the future. And that's human nature. And I can understand that. But if we looked back on policing historically, and we saw the benefits and the retirements and all of these things that made the job somewhat savory and sort of worth it in the end, given that the average lifespan was less than 10 years after retirement, I don't think people understand how dangerous it is going down the road that we're going down now because we're not considering the future. We're just considering right now. Now, at the end of the day, I can't really say or do anything on a podcast or on a, a blog that will you know, change something overnight. The change has to come from the collective and it has to come from the employees and specifically the employees who are the basic function of any agency, which is patrol. I always reference patrol as being the the wheels of the agency that is a moving vehicle. Without them, we can go nowhere. We can have a nice engine. We can have all this cool stuff on the interior. But if the wheels aren't working, we're not going anywhere. So if there are problems within your agency and you have good employees who are being proactive in, in the hunt for remedies to improve morale, and more importantly, they're willing to help implement those remedies, you should probably listen to them. And I, I promise you, when the time comes and nothing has moved and nothing has changed and the proverbial car is still sitting in the parking lot, they will be the first to leave and go somewhere else where they are truly uh, appreciated and, and valued as an employee. Now, the leftovers you'll be stuck with as an agency consists of, you know, usually the, the negative Nancys who refuse to leave and the newer generation that we're going to have a very hard time working with in the future. Now, those who will be, uh, you know, the, the human question marks after they barely pass training and, you know, they wander in the parking lot with enough liability strapped to their belt to mimic that of an atom bomb, you know, in a sentence, the cops who, who have never been, um, or should have never been cops to begin with, that's the new cream of the crop. And that's who we're sending out in the parking lot to jump into a patrol car and go fight crime. So it's going to be a, a very scary couple of years, but right now it's a very pivotal couple of years because we have the ability to hopefully either introduce change or introduce a, a new or otherwise innovative way to get business done. And I encourage people, if you're listening, if you are someone who has that power within your agency, or you have the influence within your agency, um, you know, power doesn't always come from rank guys. So consider the fact that, that you can offer something to your agency, even if you don't have stripes on your shoulder or anything on your collar, you can, you can make a change, um, and you can help influence change within your agency. It just takes motivation and consistency. And believe me, you might have to talk about something one, two, three, four, five times before it gets to the right ear or before it's heard when it's relevant. Um, a lot of the things that I've brought up to my agency, you know, they're, they're heard, but they may not be at the top of the list, but we know it's coming. So if you get some feedback and they say, thanks, but not right now, save it and don't, don't scrap it. Don't throw it away. Reintroduce it in six months to a year, reintroduce it in two years, reintroduce it when you feel it's appropriate and it will make a difference. Because I tell you guys right now, for me personally, I've been a cop. This will be my 14th year. And 
I've learned so much in the past, probably four or five, especially post 2020 about the, the nuts and bolts and how most administrations actually work. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a job and the, the show must go on, but it's up to us and everyone else in between to share good ideas or to bring ideas to the table. Because as soon as you get up into the, you know, the higher ranks, there's a lot of responsibility. A lot of guys sort of joke and talk shit about brass and how there's really nothing going on, but it's, it's a whole new level of chaos. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, as soon as you get to that next level, you'll recognize the chaos and go, wow, I was totally wrong. So I always try to tell people to look at it from the perspective of the other person. And if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, um, you know, move on or hit the pause button. Like I said, put it aside and silo it for, for a little while and then reintroduce it. So I wanted to keep episode one, um, on that topic, just because I know that there's a lot of people right now that are struggling and I'm one of them. I know there's hundreds of thousands, if not more than that of cops across the nation right now who are just saying, you know, what are we going to do? And what are the next few years going to look like? Do I even want to do this job anymore? And I tell people to take their own advice and you are you, and you're the only one who can be honest with yourself. So if it, uh, if push comes to shove and you truly are miserable, get out. Um, but if you can change things, change it. But one thing I always try to tell people, especially cops is that everywhere you are is exactly where you're supposed to be good, bad, or indifferent. So I know that kind of sounds like, you know, something Spock would say, but just, uh, yeah, keep an open mind, stay positive. We'll get through this. So again, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate all of you guys listening. I appreciate the feedback. Uh, season two is going to be a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun episodes coming down the pipe, some really fun guests and uh, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great 2024 and there's going to be some other episodes that I'm going to appear on as well. I think I, I might've talked about it last season, but I posted about it on Instagram, the disruptors podcast. I had a great time talking with those guys. It was a lot of fun. Check out their, uh, Instagram at the disruptors podcast. They're also on Spotify. I believe they're on YouTube now, but I'm not sure, but that episode was a blast. I'm definitely going to go back and I'd like to have them on the show as well. So again, keep an eye out for newer episodes as they come. I'm going to try and do it weekly, but because of content and also because of the, um, just maybe the, the length of the episodes and how they're probably going to be a lot longer. I might reduce them to two a month. Um, but I may still do the, the weekly drops. But again, it's all kind of dependent in my mind. I think I'd rather give a lot more quality content and do less of that than sporadic sort of, you know, nonsense content that doesn't really catch everyone's attention. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys more than likely next week with a very special guest. I'll keep it a secret because I don't want to uh, ruin it by them not showing up. So uh, again, it all comes down to timing. All of our schedules are pretty hectic. So if I can um, get them on the show, I will. It'll be a great episode. And again, lots of fun stuff on the way. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. This is the end of episode one, season two. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to accomplish this year. Stay safe and I'll see you guys next time.